Tuesday, July 17th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly. I am coming to you from the Mile High City. We are right here in Denver, Colorado, and you know, we get together every single weekday. We talk sports with a dose of common sense that is sorely lacking in the sports media world today. Might mix in some sarcasm here or there. Hopefully, we can make you smile at least once or twice. We are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Tuesday to you. I hope that Monday went well for you. I hope it wasn't too painful. And now we can actually move on with our work week. Hey, it is a slow time of the year for sports though, isn't it? I know, come on. We talk sports every day, but wow, there is not much going on right now. Having to watch a meaningless home run contest is the best thing we have going on right now. Is it bad that I miss World Cup soccer? Is that bad? I can't believe I'm saying that. I can't believe I'm saying, I miss soccer. Bring back the soccer. I never thought I would see the day. Hey, if you would like to contact us, let us know maybe what you're watching these days. We'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com. Or you can go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. Doesn't have to be maybe what you're watching. It could just be that you have a comment. Maybe you have a suggestion for the show. Maybe you have a question for us that you would love to hear answered. Hit us up. We would love to hear from you. Hey, today on the show, we do have a few things that we want to discuss in the world of breaking news. There are actually a few things that are coming out. And you know, the NBA draft is now complete. NBA free agency is starting to slow down now. Most of the bigger names have signed. So we just might have to take a look at some of the early winners and losers from this NBA offseason so far. Trust me on this, we have a number of each. Now, before we get to some news and to the NBA offseason, what are you watching right now? Like, literally, what are you watching right now? There is nothing to watch right now. You know, I found myself watching some special on NBA TV last night about Larry Bird. And it was pretty good. He was sitting down with Kevin McHale. They were telling old war stories. And I at least found myself interested, but that's where I'm at right now. The funny thing is, I've heard most of those stories before. But that's where we're at right now. There's nothing to watch. I've told you before, I don't care that much about all-star game stuff. Home run derbies, dunk contests, NFL all-star, the games themselves, They're just, they're not very good. They're kind of brutal. And I realize, I'm not saying get rid of them or whatever. Maybe you should, but they're not for me. They're for little kids. I can't do much with that kind of stuff. I can't watch it. It's painful for me to watch. I understand it's not for me, but I'm not watching it. Meanwhile, like I said, I am running out of things to watch right now on TV. It's a tough time of year. I'm watching a few things on Netflix, a couple shows that I watch on Netflix. Hey, last chance you does start later this week as they follow another college football program around through a season and we kind of see how things go there. I'm probably going to be binge watching that and have that done in about four hours because there's nothing else to watch. You know, I did start another series on Netflix. Did you watch The Staircase? Have you seen The Staircase? It's a documentary about a murder case in North Carolina that covers the trial of novelist Michael Peterson and it shows the flaws in our justice system. And trust me, I'm not going to give any spoilers away for you if you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, then you'll kind of know what I'm talking about. But I did kind of struggle with just the common sense aspect of the case. So the gist of the case is 
this husband goes in the house to find that his wife has fallen down the stairs and has died. And so he's on trial for murder for it. There's blood everywhere. Yes, the police do botch the investigation. There are some weird things going on with the police investigation and some of the DNA samples and stuff like that. But people seem to be overlooking the basic facts of the case. Wife falls downstairs and spontaneously combusts? Like, that's something I've never seen before. I'm sure it happens. I'm sure there's cases of it. I've seen a lot of people fall down the stairs in my life. I've fallen down the stairs before. I've never exploded when I fell down the stairs. I don't know. You might have to watch this staircase because I would love to hear your thoughts on it. I would love to hear some listeners' thoughts on it. You might have had a completely different take. Maybe you look at it and say, well, no, that happens all the time. People fall down the stairs and they just blow up. That's just how the human body works. I've never seen it. Maybe you've seen it, but I haven't. But that's what I'm resorting to watching now. That's where I'm at right now. Ugh, it's a tough time of year. Trust me on this. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing some different things. I'm not talking about baseball the whole time. We are going to keep you entertained here at The Dose. Make sure that you keep tuning in because we will not leave you hanging with nothing to listen to. I know there's nothing going on right now. Trust me, we have some things we're working on. We're going to put some good shows together for you so that you're still interested in listening to Sports Talk. Not a lot to talk about right now, though. A couple stories that did at least come out yesterday. First off in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers and running back Le'Veon Bell did fail to reach an agreement on that contract extension by Monday's 4 p.m. franchise tag deadline. And now Bell's agent says that means this is likely Le'Veon's last season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. His intention was to retire as a Steeler. That's what the agent told ESPN. But now that there's no deal, the practical reality is this now will likely be Le'Veon's last season as a Steeler. Now, Bell is scheduled to play on the franchise tag for the second consecutive year, barring some kind of unforeseen development. I don't know what that would be. They could somehow get some weird deal done, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And there's even speculation out right now. Le'Veon Bell may sit out the first eight games of the season. Now, I know that sounds great. A lot of times here on The Dose, we talk about sports media overreactions. Le'Veon Bell's going to sit out the first eight games. He's so mad at the Steelers. If he doesn't get that deal, he's just going to sit out. He's just going to not play in the first eight games of the season. That'll show those Steelers. Um, you know you're not getting paid if you sit out those games, right? And I know what they'll say. Well, he's barely getting paid anyway. Well, he's due like $14 million. Like, that's not not getting paid. Like, that's getting some money. I mean, if you're walking down the street right now and you see a $14 million bill blowing down the street, you probably at least reach for it, don't you? I mean, you're at least going to dive and see if you can't grab that thing, aren't you? I've nearly gotten hit by a bus to pick up a coupon for in and out You're telling me I wouldn't reach for $14 bucks? You're telling me Le'Veon Bell isn't going to play for $14 million? Yeah, you might want to go ahead and play in those games. If you want to sit out the preseason, you want to be mad, you want to go somewhere else next year, I get all that. But when you're talking that you're just not going to play half the season, that's a lot of money to leave on the table just to prove your point. Not sure if I see that. Speaking of Major League Baseball in the All-Star Game, it looks like Washington Nationals ace Max Scherzer is going to be starting for the National League in the All-Star Game on his home field tonight. Meanwhile, on the other side, Red Sox ace Chris Sale will start in his third consecutive game for the American League. You know, Scherzer, he leads the NL with 182 strikeouts. 
He's tied for the league lead in wins. He's already got 12 wins. Same starting pitchers for the second year in a row. We don't always see that, but both of these guys are incredibly good. Meanwhile, one guy that could be starting tonight, aside from the fact that his team is awful, is New York Mets pitcher Jacob DeGrom. And it sounds like DeGrom, yeah, he wants to change teams. His agent said yesterday the Mets should either sign him to a long-term deal or trade him somewhere else. DeGrom's agent, Brody Van Wagenen, said in a statement to The Athletic on Monday that the all-star pitcher is interested in exploring a long-term partnership that would keep him in a Mets uniform for years to come. But if the Mets don't share that same interest, we believe the best course of action is to seriously consider trade opportunities now. Yeah, bad news, Van Wagenen, and bad news, Jacob DeGrom. The Mets don't have to do a thing with you. They own your rights for another two years, and they have no reason to try to make you more comfortable. Now, can you imagine the teams that would be lining up if the Mets did say they would deal him? I would imagine there would be some pretty good offers. There would be a lot of interest in him. He is absolutely phenomenal on the mound. As bad as the Mets are, it is not DeGrom's fault he can't get any run support. He's amazing up there. And maybe, maybe someone steps up with an offer and it's just too good to pass up and we see Jacob DeGrom get moved. But the Mets can just sit there and look around and not do a thing if they don't want to. They own his rights. They don't have to make a move. You know, tomorrow, I actually want to talk a little bit about baseball and I want to take a look at some of the top players like a Jacob DeGrom like a Max Scherzer, that are some of the top players in the league today because there's something really interesting that I've noticed just lately kind of watching MLB. want to talk about that a little bit tomorrow. But right now, coming back, the NBA offseason is beginning to slow down. Of course, the draft is over. Free agency is slowing down. So who are the winners and losers so far in the NBA? It's a couple of teams that have made some interesting moves. We're going to talk about those when we get back. So right now, I know that the NBA season is a ways off. I understand that. But the NBA draft is now done. NBA free agency. Of course, we had the big fireworks. A couple different guys signing. LeBron James signing. All those big names. Now that we kind of know where people are going, who are the true winners and who are the true losers in the NBA offseason so far? I don't know. With as young as players are coming out in the draft... I don't know that we can look at just the NBA draft and say that team is truly a winner. We talked about that when we said our way too early winners and losers from the NBA draft. It's really, really tough to project that stuff because these guys coming into the league are so young. You're talking 18, 19 year old kids. They're not men. We have no idea what they're going to become. We have no idea what their work ethic is. We have no idea how bad they want to be great. And as a result, it's really hard to gauge who the winners and losers are from the draft. We try to look a little deeper and try to find some things that might point to what could make a winner or loser, but it's really tough to do that. Meanwhile, in NBA free agency, we can get a little bit better of an idea as to who the winners and the losers actually are. So right now, let's take a look at the winners and losers of the NBA offseason so far. Like I said, we've got a number of each. First off, I want to hand out a winner, and it's to a team that I didn't think was going to be a winner going into the offseason, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Because when we looked at Oklahoma City, we all kind of said the same thing. Hey, they lost Kevin Durant, they've already lost James Harden, and they're about to lose Paul George. 
Well, somehow they managed to keep Paul George. We all thought he would be gone, but that isn't actually enough to make them a winner. Because me personally, I'm not quite as sold on Paul George as I know a lot of people are. I think he's a good player. I think he's a capable player. I don't think he's a great player. And he certainly did not show up and do much in the postseason this year. And as a result, okay, I guess that's a good thing. But is it a great thing? No, probably not. But here's why I make Oklahoma City a winner. Because it sounds like they're going to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. That's a good thing. That's addition by subtraction right there. Plus, they did also keep Raymond Felton. It's a nice little backup point guard. He can give you some minutes. He can give you some experience. Hopefully, he can come in and make a few solid plays down the stretch. And don't forget, Andre Robertson is going to be returning from that injury. Hey, don't sleep on the Thunder. I know it's easy to write them off. Russell Westbrook can carry them to the postseason. If he could get anyone to step up and help a little, the Thunder are a pretty tough team. And again, getting rid of Carmelo Anthony, I do think that frees them up in a lot of ways. I'm going to give a loser, and I'm not fully committed on giving them a big loser just yet, but I'm going to give a loser to the Houston Rockets. I want to see more from them. I was okay with Houston not going out and getting a big-name free agent. I really was. They don't need much. We've talked about that here on the show. But now, Houston has lost Trevor Ariza, and Clint Capella is still unsigned. Yes, they did manage to keep Chris Paul, but they had to give him that max deal, and he does have that history of injuries. Now, does it feel right now, just looking at the landscape, like the Houston Rockets are closer to the Golden State Warriors than they were at the end of the season? No. And if they lose Capella, which I don't think they will, the gap gets even bigger. But losing Trevor Ariza when they were only going seven deep, that doesn't make me real confident of what the Rockets could do in another postseason series. It makes me look at them and say, yeah, you've probably gotten a little bit worse than you were last year, so I'm going to give a loser to the Houston Rockets. I'm going to give a winner to the most obvious team out here. I'm going to give a winner to the Los Angeles Lakers, sort of. And I want to talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But I'm going to give a winner to the Lakers because they are relevant again. They got LeBron James. They got Rajon Rondo. Now, there are still huge holes on this roster. They don't have any shooters. Teams are going to collapse on LeBron, and he's going to kick it out to who exactly? I don't know. I don't have any idea who can shoot it. No one can shoot it on that team. So there are still some holes. But we're all talking about the Lakers again. Like I said yesterday, I was out in L.A. Everyone is excited about the Lakers again. It has been a long time since that was the case. And for that, we have to give the Lakers a winner. I'm going to give a loser uh, basically to the entire Eastern Conference. Okay, so we're going to play a quick trivia game here. I'm going to give you a trivia question. And if you would like to use this trivia question with your friends and coworkers, feel free. Are you ready? Here's a quick trivia question for you. Name the last first-team All-NBA player that currently plays in the Eastern Conference. Think about that for a second. It's obviously, I don't know, not LeBron anymore. Carmelo's no longer in the East. Who is the last first-team All-NBA player playing currently in the Eastern Conference? Do you give up? Yeah, because you'd have to go back to 2014, and it would be a member at the time of the New York Knicks. And no, it's not Christoph Porzingis. I'm talking about Joe Kim Noah. LeBron James is gone. Paul George is gone. 
gone are basically all of the established top players in the East. Now, they do still have some good young players, guys like Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Giannis Attenantokounmpo. We'll see about that young, talented team in Boston. I guess we'll see what Toronto does. I don't know. But with LeBron going to the West, yeah, the talent pool in the East is significantly worse. Do we have any reason to have that East versus West All-Star game anytime soon? I can't think of a reason to have it. Now, I've been saying it for a long time, but the NBA really does need to go to the best 16 teams, do away with the East-West stuff. And we can see that more than ever right here with the talent left in the East because there's not much of it. I know the original reason that they separated teams by conferences and by divisions and by what side of the Mississippi you were on was because of the travel. Okay, these teams aren't traveling by train or like boat, or stagecoach. They have private jets. If you need to go from Orlando to Portland, you do it pretty quickly. Can we just get past the East-West thing? If you still want to keep them there just for the sake of record, but can we just take the top 16 teams and let them play each other off? The point of the postseason is, if I understand correctly, to find the best teams, right? We're not doing that right now. And if you're taking... Eight teams from that Eastern Conference this next season? I promise you, you're not getting the best teams in the postseason in the NBA. That's not a good thing. Big loser to the talent over in the NBA East. I'm going to give a winner, and I'm going to give it to the Indiana Pacers, and I'm telling you right now, I think the Pacers are a sneaky team in that Eastern Conference. We saw them push Cleveland this past season. They've got Victor Oladipo. They've got Thaddeus Young, they've got DeMontis Sabonis, they've got Miles Turner, and they have added to that mix. They went and signed shooter Doug McDermott, and they signed scorer Tyreek Evans. Hey, if head coach Nate McMillan can figure out how to blend this talent together, the Pacers can be a legitimate contender in the Eastern Conference. I mean, really, anyone can be a contender in the Eastern Conference, but Indiana, they could legitimately be for real. Keep an eye on the Pacers this year. I think they're a winner. I'm going to give a loser to the New Orleans Pelicans, though. And this might not be an immediate thing. I don't think the Pelicans are going to bottom out this next year, but they haven't had the best offseason. Now, they did go get Nikola Miritich. They did go get Alfred Payton, and they did sign Julius Randle. Okay, it's not horrible. It's certainly not great. Randle's just on that one-year deal, and he could leave after this season. We all knew DeMarcus Cousins was going to be gone, right? But the Pelicans didn't get anything for him. Then they also lost Rajon Rondo in free agency. That's not going to help because Rondo did play well down the stretch, but here is the worst part, and here's why I'm going to give a loser to the Pelicans. If this current roster doesn't show some sort of promise, anything to make Anthony Davis think in a few years we can contend or we are a contender, he's going to be gone. And if the New Orleans Pelicans start to sniff that coming and they start to think, hey, Davis is going to leave, I mean, wouldn't you think they would trade him and try to get something for him? It's just a bad situation for New Orleans. Add to the fact that there's not much excitement down there from that team. Like the fans down in New Orleans, they care about the Saints. They care about, I don't know, LSU. They don't really care about the New Orleans Pelicans. Not a good situation for the Pelicans down there right now. As a result, players don't want to go there. It's hard to get free agents to come there, even though playing with Anthony Davis, you would think, would be kind of lucrative. 
No one's doing it. No one's going down there. And they lost some talent this year. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue our look at some of the winners and losers from the NBA offseason so far. I've got a couple of players that are going to land on that list in a minute, and they might surprise you a little. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose, where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. July's Loot Crate theme is out. It is called Team Up. Do you need someone to watch your back? It sounds like it might be time for a team up. Do better together with an awesome squad of collectibles and gear, including not one, but two t-shirts. July's Loot Crate theme is only available for a few more days, but it features items from Ant-Man vs. Wasp, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Adventure Time. But if none of those franchises are of interest to you, head over to Loot Crate because I promise you, they have just about any franchise you can think of. Whatever you're looking for, they're probably going to have it. So you're going to want to make sure that you stop by. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for tuning into the dose every day. Okay, so we've got to continue with our winners and losers from the NBA offseason so far. And I've got another winner, sort of. I'm going to give a winner to the Golden State Warriors, but I'm not going to give them a full winner because I do have some questions about the moves they've made. So the Golden State Warriors, they lost JaVale McGee. Okay, I guess he played okay in maybe one game in the postseason, but they did go sign big man Boogie Cousins to a one-year, $5 million deal. And immediately, when Boogie Cousins signed with the Warriors, the internet began to break down as people lost their minds about the rich just getting richer. How did the NBA allow this when they banned Chris Paul going to the Lakers back in 2011? This is ruining the league, and it just shows everyone. The NBA is just against the Lakers. Okay, let's clear up a few things about this move. First, Boogie Cousins is coming off an Achilles tear. He is anything but a sure thing. Should he be back by midseason? Probably. Should he be able to give Golden State more than what JaVale McGee gave them? You would think so. You would think if he comes back, he doesn't have to hurry, and he is healthy, you would think they're going to be nice. He can go out and give you 30 and 15 without really breaking a sweat. He's that kind of guy. And for that, they are a winner. But is it a done deal that he's healthy? No, not at all. Should he be motivated to produce? Yeah, I think he should because he didn't have any interest from around the league. He needs to improve his image, which is basically that he's a selfish player and he can be a problem in the locker room. So I think Cousins could help the Warriors, but that's not a sure thing. Not at all. Second, when we are comparing this with the Chris Paul trade, that's absolutely ludicrous. Can we clear something up about the whole Knicks Chris Paul to the Lakers trade? I think a lot of people are confused about what happened there. The NBA did not block that trade just for giggles or just to be mean to the Los Angeles Lakers. They banned that trade because the NBA was an acting owner of the New Orleans Hornets at the time while they were getting a new owner. The new owner was going through the process of taking over the franchise. In the meantime, the NBA was acting as the owner of the New Orleans Hornets. It was an awful deal for New Orleans, and everyone knew it. 
The Hornets general manager, he wasn't even cleared to make the deal and he tried to do it anyways. Here is the deal, just to refresh your memory. The deal had Chris Paul going to the Lakers, Pau Gasol going to the Houston Rockets, and New Orleans was going to receive Kevin Martin, Luis Scola, Lamar Odom, and Goran Dragic. Hey, if there is an owner in place with a brain in their head, they would have never agreed to that trade in the first place. But because it wasn't an owner that said no, but the NBA acting as the owner that said no, everyone looks and says, oh, there's some sort of conspiracy there. They blocked that trade because they didn't want the Lakers to be great. Can you imagine how great the Lakers would have been with Chris Paul? Yeah, they would have. And you know what? Anyone would be great if the league okayed another team to give them all their great players. That's not a conspiracy. Acting like the league should have blocked DeMarcus Cousins going to Golden State, it's completely misinformed. It's ignorant. He has the right to go wherever he wants. Hey, any other team could have offered him a contract. No one else did. The Warriors offered him a contract. It wasn't even a high contract. It wasn't even big money. And Cousins took it and said, okay, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to see if I can repair my image and see if I can't go win a title. That's what happened there. Let's clear that whole thing up. Is Golden State a for sure winner? No, but they could be a winner if he's healthy and if he goes out and performs. If Boogie has his head on straight, the Warriors are going to be a load again. A loser in that whole situation is the rest of the NBA. I know there has been that panic among NBA fans saying the Golden State Warriors are ruining the league. Kevin Durant is the Antichrist. Boogie Cousins is a sign. I don't know that Armageddon is nigh, whatever. But we've seen super teams in the past. And they've had mixed results, to be honest. The Golden State Warriors are not the reason that I'm saying the rest of the NBA is a loser so far this offseason. I'm just saying it because the league is so top-heavy. Again, we've talked about this for years. How many teams can possibly win the NBA title next year? Let's think about that. Golden State, I guess we'll say the Rockets, although they've taken a bit of a step back. Who else? Celtics? Is that it? I mean, would you like to throw another team in there? You want to throw an Oklahoma City in there or... Utah, if you are really, really set on the Lakers, we'll throw them in. What is that, five teams? And that's being really generous. Like, that's being really generous. Realistically, two teams. Honestly, it's probably going to be Golden State or Houston. Maybe I'll throw in Boston. There's probably, at most, three teams that can win the title. A dynasty is not bad for the league, but a dynasty with no one else to compete with them, that could be a problem. Jordan's Bulls won six titles. But they did have to play some decent teams to get there. They did have to beat some superstars to win those. The Lakers had the Celtics in their heyday and vice versa. The Celtics had the Lakers. Right now, the Warriors, they're not playing against great competition throughout the season and in the postseason. And for that, I think it's a bad look for the NBA. The league is just too top-heavy. Two or three teams have most of the talent. That's a bit of a problem. I am going to give a winner to the Boston Celtics. And no, they haven't done a thing except for select that one moron with their draft pick. Did you see Boston's draft pick? They took Texas A&M's Robert Williams, and that kid looks like he might be an idiot. I think he has now slept through his opening press conference, his opening day on the job, maybe draft night. Hope he doesn't sleep through like practice. But the Boston Celtics have had a very successful offseason for one important reason. They got rid of LeBron James in the Eastern Conference. Hey, we know the Celtics are a young team on the rise. Now they look like they could easily be the class of the Eastern Conference. Yes, we're going to have to see how Gordon Hayward looks. 
And I'm not sure what to think Kyrie Irving is even doing these days. I don't know if he's going to be healthy. I don't know if he's going to play. I don't even know if he wants to be in Boston. But with another year under those young guys' belts, yeah, Boston's a huge winner. They are in a prime position to be a contender for years to come, and they don't have to deal with LeBron anymore. They're definitely a winner. I have two final losers for you. I know, I probably shouldn't end on two losers, but I just kind of have to. I'm going to give one loser here to whoever signs Carmelo Anthony. And I'm sorry, I know that might just be mean, but it doesn't matter if it's the Houston Rockets, who it sounds like it could be, or Miami or Sacramento or whoever. You're getting a player that doesn't bring that much to the table. And more importantly, Carmelo Anthony doesn't have a history of winning games. That's a bad combination. You have someone who is only concerned with themselves very, very selfish player on the court and off the court. Oh, and also they don't win? Yeah, that's not what I want. Whoever signs Carmelo Anthony, that is not probably going to be the best situation for you. Finally, I am going to give my final loser, and I know you can start screaming now. You can start yelling at me now. You can start saying I'm a hater right now. But I'm going to give one final loser. And I swear, I'm not being a hater. I'm not saying anyone with $154 million on the table is a loser, but facts are facts. I'm going to give a loser to LeBron James because going to the Los Angeles Lakers, you can spin it however you want to. That's not a basketball move. That sounds like a family move or a business move, but it's also something else. It is admitting he couldn't beat the Warriors and he's basically calling uncle. That's what it is. And he didn't even go to a team that will contend this season. He went to a team that needs to build and it's probably going to take him three or four years to do that. The Lakers are not ready to contend yet without giving up some valuable assets to go get more experienced players. I'm not sure that I can label you a winner if that's the way you're going. Think about this roster. This team, this Lakers team, could blow up. Think of the people in play here. LeVar Ball, Lance Stevenson, don't forget Lonzo Ball's medical records mysteriously being released so he couldn't be moved. Rajon Rondo is in that mix. And hey, Rondo's not going to back down from anyone. I don't care if you're LeBron. I don't care who you are. Rajon Rondo's not backing down from anyone. Plus, you do have LeBron James, who, let's be honest, a lot of times kind of pouts and acts like a prima donna throughout the season, kind of blames his teammates, and then in the postseason, he steps up and he gets some things done. That's a weird situation. And it could not have been a basketball decision for LeBron James. It looks more like a business decision. It looks more like a brand decision, but that doesn't always look the best in your basketball career and for your legacy. We'll see how that turns out. Not a huge loser, not anything big, but I do have to give a small loser to LeBron James for the way that all went down. There are still a few things that have to be settled in the NBA. Where does Kawhi Leonard end up? Or does he move at all? Is someone willing to step up and offer something big to get the San Antonio Spurs to deal him. There are still a few players out there that still have to find a few places, but the NBA season is starting to shape up as we see these teams get put together. I don't know that there's going to be much bigger moves. I guess Kawhi would be the one thing out there that we have to kind of keep an eye on. Going to be interesting to see if the Spurs are going to move him. Hey, tomorrow on the Daily Dose, I want to discuss something I've been noticing lately in sports, and like I said before, 
it does have something to do with Major League Baseball. Plus, we just might have some Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings, and you never know what we might have to rank this week. I'd say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose. For all of you that share the show, that tell your friends, that email us, that text us, that message us, thank you so much. It is very, very appreciated. I'd say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday.